him we are complete. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. Shall we bow down our heads for prayer? Our Father, we are grateful for once again assembling us in your presence to hear your word. The word which is Jesus. The word that brings transformation. The word that brings peace. The word that clears all doubts from us. The word that brings us closer. I bring every heart that is here this evening before your throne of grace. Lord, speak to us. For it is only when we see you as you are, the Lord we will praise you as we ought. So may we be changed from one degree of glory to another. And may our understanding of you and our knowledge of you be better and better, even as you continue to teach us. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are continuing our discussion um, of the revelation that John the Apostle had, uh, the revelation of Jesus to John specifically to the churches. And it is good that indeed we are engaging in this because Jesus said, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keeps those things which are written in it for the time is near. Praise the Lord. So, we pray that the Lord will grant us interpretation and understanding because the day of the Lord draws nearer and nearer. We've already heard Christ's message to the first five churches. The first message was to the church at Ephesus. And if you read the New King James Version, that church is described in the heading as the loveless church. Then the next is the church at Smyrna, which the New King James Version again describes as the persecuted church. Then we have the Pergamos Church, which again is described as the Compromising Church. Then we have the Church of Thyatira, the Church of Thyatira, which New King James designates it as the Corrupt Church. Then we have the Church at Sardis, which is described as the dead church, and today we are looking at the church of Philadelphia, which is described as the faithful church. So we take our passage from uh, Revelation chapter 3, and I'm reading from 
verse 7. It takes, I'll read right through to verse 13, where the message to the church in Philadelphia uh, is recorded. And this is what it says. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, yes. Right, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have little strength, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews, and are not, but lie indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere and I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world so that those who dwell on the earth will see to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. Then the verse 13, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Hallelujah. So this is the message that uh, God, through Jesus Christ, relayed through his servant John to the church in Philadelphia. Now, the church in Philadelphia, or the town of Philadelphia, uh, was a small town which was located southeast of the town of Sardis, about 30 miles uh, to the southeast of Sardis. And we are told that owing to the frequent earthquakes that hit that place, the city was small. I mean, nobody wanted to really live in an earthquake uh, area. So it was small. It was a small city compared to the other uh, cities. And um, it appears that certainly the size of the city uh, also had some limitations on the church itself. So in verse 8, Uh, It is not surprising that the Lord tells us that, or he refers to their little strength. It's like comparing uh, a church in the city of Accra to a church at Mamfe, where I was born. It's a small town, so certainly 
that will not be so big, you know, a church. And the Lord talks about their little strength. But I want us to also focus on the name Philadelphia. The town was also defined by its um, attribute. It was defined by its name, Philadelphia, brotherly love, brotherly kindness. They were known by the love that they had. And, and, and I dare say that this uh, name was not one that, you know, was given the church. It was the name of the city. So I believe that the people of this city, you know, uh, took great pride in the fact that, you know, they cared for each other. They looked for each other. It's a small town, small community. Everybody, everybody knows everybody. Everybody's matter was everybody else's matter. And I believe that in a town like this, among the people like this, who cared about each other, the message of the gospel having entered this town, that church certainly will be a very unique church because they already have a tendency to show love. And I believe that in Christ, the love that they had for each other, the love that they had for God was perfected. And it is my submission, therefore, that I am not surprised that, you know, this is the church that, you know, is, is designated as, you know, the, the faithful church, you know, and um, the Lord, they caught the attention of the Lord. And it is therefore not surprising that of all the churches that the Lord had one message or the other for, for this church alone, there was no warning, there was no condemnation, you know, and the Lord really commended them and talked about the things that were in store for them. In the message itself, Jesus starts with a description of himself. He says, these things says he who is holy, who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. Holy and true. I like it when the Lord comes to us and this, I mean, he puts down his attributes, his credentials. The one who is holy. The one who is true. And indeed, these are attributes that also describe God, our Father. So, we can see that Jesus and God are one and the same. And the way Jesus describes himself, he who is holy and true, he is telling us that it is God himself who, as it were, is talking to the church. And as we read in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, without holiness, no one can see God. So, God speaks to this church and he lays the ground rules. I am the one, the holy one, I am the one talking. The true one, 
I am the one talking. God is true. He and his word are one and the same. There is no variation between who God is and what God says. So when God comes and says that he who is holy, he who is true, is the one who is speaking to the church, then we know that everything that God says here is one that, you know, we need to take seriously. He goes on to say that he who has the keys of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one uh, opens. Keys signify power and authority. So again, God is laying down who he is. The omnipotent, the creator, the one who holds all power in his hands. The one who governs the whole universe. He is the one who is talking. He opens and no one shuts. And when he shuts, no one can open. Everything that concerns us, good, bad, forward, whatever, he holds the whole world in his hands. The power, power both in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus, belongs to God. In recent times, we are all witnesses of what has happened to the whole world. All our borders are closed. All our airplanes are grounded. All our economies are crumbling. All the superpowers are now crawling. And they are receiving a lot of bashing. Where is America? Where is Russia? Where is great power? Great Britain? The so-called superpowers. The so-called G7, G8. Where are they? It is only God who when he opens, no one can shut. And when he shuts, no one can open. He is the one that we should be afraid of. He is the one whose favor we should always court. He is the one that we would not want to find ourselves on the wrong side of him. Because when he says you are finished, you are finished. But otherwise, so long as you remain in his favor, everything will work for your good. Hallelujah. Now let's look at the message itself. And he starts, I know thy works. I know thy works. Again, we know that God is omniscient. There is nothing that is hidden before God. So God comes and says to the church in Philadelphia, I know thy works. I know you. I know what you have been doing. If the Lord should come to you and I and say, I know you, Reverend Answer. I know you, uh, Reverend uh, Osebenpo. I'm sure all of us will shut up. So, how does the Lord... Did we score? Did we score 100%? Did we score 60%? If the Lord should come to you and I and say, I know you, what will be your response? 
The one whose eyes move to and fro, there is nothing that is hidden before him. What you do in your bedroom, what you do in your office, what you do under the table, the Lord knows. I know thy works. He is omniscient and he knows us inside out. There is nothing we can hide from him. There can be no pretense with God. Let us therefore be sincere with God and live as we would like him to see us. Lest on the last day he turns to us and says, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Would that the Lord would rather say of us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Those are the words that I yearn for. Those are the words that I long to hear. I know thy works. And then he goes on, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. To some other, I mean, I, I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold. I'm going to spit you out of my words. But for the church in Philadelphia, the message was different. He says, I know your works. And see, I have set before you an open door. And no one can shut it. Because the church in Philadelphia had met the favor of the Lord. The Lord had set an open door. A door of opportunities. A door of growth. A door of increase. A door of improvement. When one catches the favor of the Lord... He always visits you with good things. A door of progress because of the faithfulness of the church. And this is in spite of the fact that they have little strength. They have little strength. So the Lord had set a door open in front of them. Regardless of the fact that he knows that they have just small strength. But it didn't matter to the Lord. Indeed, we should never see ourselves as small. So long as the favor of the Lord is upon us, He will bring us before princes. He will bring us to places that are beyond our imagination. Yes, their strength was small, but it did not matter to the Lord. In fact, in the history of Israel, there were times that God indeed said that because he, he's a jealous God and he doesn't share his glory with anybody, even when they were going into battles, he said, no, there, there, you are too many. Let some people go. So that when the glory comes, so that when the victory comes, we will know whom we have to attribute that victory to. How do you see yourself? What matters is the way the Lord sees you. It doesn't matter the fact that you haven't been to school. It doesn't matter the fact that you don't have degrees. It doesn't matter the fact that you don't have money. It doesn't matter where you come from, that your, your hometown is not on the calendar of Ghana. 
when the favor of the Lord locates you, like a David, you may be out there tending the sheep. The Lord's favor will locate you and open a door in front of you. Hallelujah. The Lord goes on to say that, he said, you have kept my word. You have kept my word. I know you. So, your, your strength is little. But you have caught my favor. You have caught my attention. Because you have kept my word. We are told that we should be doers of the word and not hearers only. How do we catch the attention of the Lord? You know, say that he caught the attention of the speaker. Otherwise, you raise your hand and raise your hand and raise your hand. If you don't catch the attention of the speaker, the speaker doesn't call you on the floor of parliament. But the church in Philadelphia caught the attention of the Lord because they kept the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. When we keep the word of the Lord... As the hymn says, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who trust and obey. The obedience to the word of the Lord caught the attention of the Lord. And he went on. You have not denied my name. You have not denied my name. We must always endeavor to uphold the name of the Lord, no matter what. It won't always be easy. And at times, indeed, it will be difficult. I mean, when, you know, we sit in the comfort of our homes with the Bible on our laps, and we are reading. At times, we think that, you know, the message of the gospel has always been preserved, you know, in comfort. But it is not like that at all. I'm doing a course, and as part of the introductory thing, you know, I mean, <laughs> we, we, we're studying how the gospel was passed on, and how it was ancient to the culture of the Jews. And how the people were then seen as a sect. And we see how they did everything within their power to suppress them. But faithful men stood for the name of the Lord. For the early church, let's say it was easy. I mean, don't talk about what we have seen, what we have handled. You know, that, yes, so let's say that as for the early apostles, yeah, they saw Jesus and they saw all the uh, things that he did. But as the gospel moved to the Gentile world, then it became faith in the word of God that they had. And they had to defend it. So you see that the lives of Martin, Martin Luther and all those people who were ostracized. I mean, you know, in the church, some people had to pay with their lives. They kept the name 
of the Lord and did not deny it. What is it that you and I confronts us that oftentimes we're checking out? In the office, are we always ready to stand to defend the name of the Lord and not deny it? Or we always want our comfort zones. So, you know, we don't want to, uh, you know, be said to be rabble rousers. No. The church of Philadelphia caught the attention of the Lord because they did not deny the name of Jesus. He goes on to say that, I mean, in, in, the, in the text that we see, so for these things that they did, the Lord had some good things for them, some promises for them. And he says, Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. It's so comforting. It's so, don't forget that this is a small church with a small strength. Okay? In, it, not in, in the Jewish, in the, in the Gentile world. And you had people who were, who were claiming, we are the Jews. You people don't know what it is that you are, you are serving. And disputing what some of these people were preaching about. Were sect. They should be denounced, calling on the Roman authorities to ostracize them and all that. But the Lord says that I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie indeed, I will make them to come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. The, the good thing, the assurance, is not in the fact that they are coming to bow before them. No. But in the fact that the Lord will cause them to realize that his love and his mercy is on this church. That they will go around and realize that of a truth, the true God dwells in this congregation. And as I reflected on this, in our nation, in our country, in our times, there are so many churches around with all sorts of names and with all sorts of claims. The sharp sharp. The mega churches. I mean, call it out. And at times, you look at yourself and you think that in this our church, the pensioni, the they pay this them. That saith the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord. And somebody and then everybody is falling down. Yes. That is power. And we don't see all these things. And at times you may wonder. But the Lord says that don't look at all these things. A time is coming. When they themselves will realize that God is with you. 
They will see the favor of the Lord on you. They will see how the Lord has sustained you in spite of it all. And they will come to the confession that indeed the love of the Lord is with you. Hallelujah. It's so comforting. It's so reassuring. You know, as I, as I, as I read through this, I said, God, you are so, so good. And you are true to your word. And you hold your word to honor. In 2 Timothy 2.19, we read that, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The Lord knows those who are his. It doesn't matter. Man shall not live by bread alone. The Lord knows those who are his. If your spirit within you, if your heart bears testimony with the word of God, then be assured, rest assured, the Lord is with you. It doesn't matter how people despise you. They will come to acknowledge that the love and the favor of the Lord is with you. You are not wasting your time they will acknowledge that the Lord is with us. He goes on to say that because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. It is good that we determine it's a Maria Tasso Seminera de Benanti. Somebody says, I've set my face like a flint that I walk with the Lord. It doesn't matter. Difficulties will come. Challenges will come. But the Lord calls on us to persevere. The hymn says, Courage, brother, do not stumble. Though thy path be dark as night, there is a star to guide the humble. Trust in God and do the right. Let the road be rough and dreary and its end far out of sight. Foot it bravely, strong or weary. Trust in God and do the right. Some will hate thee. Some will love thee. Some will flatter, some will slight. Cease from man and look above thee. Trust in God and do the right. Simple truth, simple rule and safest guiding. Inward peace and inward might. Star upon our path abiding. Trust in God and do the right. May the witness of the Holy Spirit in you that inner peace, may it anchor you to Christ so that come what may, you will persevere. Ah, and as you persevere, you 
will see how the Lord will come to reward you. Then he goes on to say, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. So the reward is coming. He says, I am coming quickly. I am coming soon. Hold fast. So that you will not lose your crown. There's a crown that the Lord has for each and every one of us. And he says, we should hold on. Hold fast. Why does he admonish us to hold fast? Because if you don't hold on fast, something will dislodge us from the Lord. But God is with us. His eyes are on us. So that we may not lose our crown. Great reward awaits us. The Lord may appear to have kept long from the days of old. So I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. See, there The heaven is here. Yes. Let them say all the sort of things that they would say. But you and I, may we be determined to hold fast to the Lord so that we will have our crown. In 2 Peter 3, 8, we are told, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So, although to us it may appear long, to the day, to the Lord is just like the toss of a coin. Press on, brother. Press on. And then the Lord goes on to say that he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more. Hallelujah. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. You see, when we go around, see Dankwa Circle, uh, uh, you see all those uh, statutes and things that we, we have made because these are founding fathers eh? and people struggle and lobby to have their bust and things but those of us who are a little older a few years back there was a beautiful thing Kwame Nkrumah circle you know and when Nkrumah fell they pulled it down and all that and we can still see it in, in recent times some people who you know had their, their statutes in the US this Black Lives Matter came and they were all pulled down because they were said to be what and people who promoted slavery. But God says that he will make us a pillar in his house. And we will not be put out anymore. We will be a permanent feature in the temple of the Lord. There is permanence about what the Lord intends to do with us. Think about it. That in the temple of the Lord... There is pillar for Osofu Ansa. There is pillar for Osofu Dennis in the temple of the Lord. And not only that, so there is a monument that is mounted for you. And he says that I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my 
new name. Hallelujah. So, on this pillar that is mounted, Son of God, of the new Jerusalem, and of Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, is identifying with us. The creator of the universe is not ashamed to be identified, to become synonymous with us. Because we dare to persevere. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. I look forward to that day. I look forward to that day. And indeed, when you read Revelations 21, 22. You know, we, we read that in that in the city, in the new city, there will, there will be no temple. So when God talks about a monument mounted in the temple, it is not like here that you see a pillar. It means that on the Lord himself, written on the Lord himself, will be Morgan Esiedu. Will be Reverend Dennis. In other words, there is no distinction at that time, between God himself and us. Because we are the righteous of the Lord. Because we are the bride of Jesus. As I read these things, I said, glory to Jesus. I said, glory to Jesus. What honor, what honor that mere mortal born in a small town up here, my name will be synonymous with the King of Kings, the Holy One, the Lord of Lords, He whose word is just as He is. And my heart was filled with this church, this song that the Church of Pentecost uh, sings. What singing there will be up there? What singing there will be up there? When face to face with Jesus, we shall stand and join the heavenly choir in that better land. What singing there will be up there? What glory for the saints to share? Oh, glory, glory, glory. What singing there will be up there. Oh, glory, glory, glory. What singing there will be up there. My brother, I'm urging you. Let us persevere. Let us press on. Let us obey. It doesn't matter how small our strength will be. But may we be like the church in Philadelphia. So that when the Lord comes, He will identify with us. His name will be written on us. There will be no distinction between me and the Lord, the Most High. And the difficulties of this present world 
They become nothing. Insignificant when compared with that glory that we will share with the Son of God. With Jesus. And as the angels sing glory to Jesus. Oh. Oh, glory, glory, glory. What singing there will be up there. Oh, glory, glory, glory. What singing there will be up there. Shall you bow down our heads for prayer? What singing there will be up there. What glory for the saints to share. When face to face with Jesus we shall stand and join the heavenly choir in that better land. What singing there will be up there. What glory for the saints to share. Oh, glory, glory, glory. What singing there will be up there. Oh, glory, glory, glory. What singing there will be up Dear Lord, we are so grateful to you for your words to us. Thank you that you are a faithful God. Thank you that, Lord, we look forward to sharing. Father, in the joy of the Philadelphia Church. Thank you that it doesn't matter how small our strength Thank you that you look for faithfulness in your children. But you are also a rewarding father. You are gracious and merciful. You are holy and you are true to your word. Father, at this time, I pray for strengthening for your children. I pray that Lord, each and every one of us will be determined to walk with you. To be true to you. To persevere in our walk with you. I pray that Lord, you will strengthen us. Each and every one of us will be strengthened in the inner self. Lord, when the enemy comes against us like a flood, we will run under your cover. For we know that you are at work in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Lord, pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Help us. Lord, we will always be true to you. So that when the day, the final day of your coming comes, Lord, we will stand in your presence and have the joy of being identified with you in your glory, in your honor. Oh, we thank you. We adore you. And we say, may your name be glorified in the church, now and forevermore. 
in Jesus name amen Amen.